of Worship, your source for commentary and discussion on worship, theology, and culture. I'm your host, Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. Good day to you. This is the Act of Worship podcast. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones, and here discussing issues related to worship, theology, and culture. Um, These are things that I see as vital to the Christian life, to Christian living, to the church, and to society as a whole. And I hope that these things that I discuss, that I talk about, are uh, relevant to you and that they help you in some way. My my goal in this, in doing this, is to uh, encourage, to edify, and not to tear down. <laughs> there are some things that are said that uh, perhaps are difficult to hear, but hopefully this is something that helps you. And so... Um, I will continue that, and and hopefully this is a blessing to you. So today, I am going to be discussing a matter that I've thought about quite a bit. My doctoral dissertation was on corporate prayer. And some people hear that term, and they say, what is corporate prayer? And they're thinking a business or a corporation. No, no, this is God's people praying together. And so I'm, I'm taking sort of more of a, a, a more broad approach today and talking about prayer and Paul's instructions in 1 Timothy chapter 2 uh, to pray for everyone. And so um, uh, th- this was actually a foundational uh, scripture in my doctoral dissertation. And um, Paul gives these instructions in 1 Timothy chapter 2. He says, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people. And he continues, he talks about for kings, people in high positions, uh, so on and so forth. And he says to pray clearly for all people. And so what does this mean? What does this mean? And what is the Christian reason for praying for all people? So that's what I'm going to discuss today. Um, the content of the church's prayers is a crucial issue in worship. And as worship not only tells the story of a covenant God, but also participates in that story, which is vast and diverse in the church, corporate prayer also ought to reflect the diverse nature that exists between God and his people. And so the Apostle Paul here, writing as a mentor to young Timothy, spent his time teaching how the church is to pray in First Timothy chapter 2. But the very first verse there in First Timothy, uh, Timothy chapter 2 uh, clearly instructs us to pray for everyone, every single person, whether we want to or not. I have heard people... Um, after an election, I've literally heard this from people say, I am not going to pray for that president. They don't like him, whatever the case may be. Uh, you may not have liked Barack Obama. You may not like Donald Trump. You may not even like whoever is elected next, but we are commanded to pray for these people. So Paul's instructions to Timothy here center around the church's prayers in unity. And I'll give you Let me tell you my thesis here of why we are to pray for everyone. Because the only prayers that God hears are the prayers of his people. Hear me on that. God does not hear the prayers of lost people. And there there have been people that have discussed this matter. Does God hear the prayers of someone who is lost? No. 
That doesn't mean he doesn't audibly hear it. He's sovereign. He's in control. He's omniscient. He is all powerful. He's everywhere. Of course, he hears audibly the prayers of those who are not, who are lost. But here's the difference. People who are Christians, when they pray to the father, their prayers are mediated through the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Someone who is lost, their prayers are not. And so Paul's instructions here center around the the church's prayers in unity. And he often makes clear his concerns for the unity in the church. Uh, In his letter to the Galatians, for example, the, the Apostle Paul suggests that all in the body of Christ are equal when he says that there is neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither slave nor nor free, there is not male, there's not female, for you all are one in Jesus Christ. And so unity among God's people plays a significant role in Paul's instructions to Timothy here regarding prayer. External factors are of no concern in the body of Christ because everyone is equal. So Paul makes clear that God desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth because there's one God, there's one mediator between God and men. And so no one is excluded here. While the church is diverse, she is nevertheless a unified people through the mediator, Jesus Christ. And so the instructions given in these verses relate to for whom the church is to pray. And in a broad scope, the directions given to Timothy here are to pray for all people, not merely other Christians in Christ, but all people. John Calvin spoke of praying for all people in the following manner. He says this, The prayer of the Christian ought then to be conformed to this rule in order that it may be in common and embrace all who are his brothers in Christ, not only those whom he presently sees and recognizes as such, but all people who dwell on earth. For what the Lord has determined regarding them is beyond our knowing, except that we ought to wish and hope for the best for them, end quote. So Paul's instructions are not limited to praying only for the church, but for everyone, including, as as Paul says, kings and all who are in high positions. And as divisive as they may be, even political differences should not hinder the prayers of God's people because everyone, we are called to pray for everyone. We are to be a unified people and called to pray not only on behalf of our brothers and sisters, but as a reflection of God's character and desire for all to be saved, we are to pray for everyone. And so as the body of Christ is is diverse, uh, so also are the needs of the world. So beckoning God's people to pray for everyone, as Paul did, is right. And so the types of prayers that we should offer should vary. There are different needs in the world. Uh, Paul gives specific types of prayers here, supplications, prayers, intercessions, thanksgivings on behalf of all people. And the various types of prayers mentioned here seem to be related to the specific needs of those for whom are being prayed. So when we, where we tend to use the word prayer in a broad sense, the terms used in these verses contain specific meanings. Uh, for example, supplications. This seems to focus on asking for some special need in a person's life. Prayers. Uh, This is the more general word for prayer, although it can be more focused when additional terms are added to it. Intercessions. Uh, This this means here a petition, or more appropriately, an appeal with a note 
of, of both urgency and boldness of access. Thanksgivings, as Paul says, this refers to expressions of gratitude to God on behalf of all. So the prayers of the church are to be offered on behalf of everyone and bearing in mind the specific needs that exist in the world at large and with an ever-present realization of a covenant God who hears the cries of his people and only the cries of his people. This may sound um, like some sort of privileged thing, but God's people hold the sole right to pray to him. No one else does. A Hindu cannot pray to God and it be heard. A Muslim cannot pray to God and it be heard. Only those who are found in Christ, because only those who are Christians, have their prayers mediated by the Son. So the recognition that humankind has no standing with the Father apart from Christ is fundamental to Paul's reflection here. Because without the mediation of Jesus, the church cannot rightly pray to God. So Paul states uh, in 1 Timothy 2, 5-6, through 6, he says, There is but one God, there is one mediator between God and men, the man Jesus Christ, who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. The doctrine of Christ as mediator is fully connected to the covenant relationship between God and his people. And without the pleas of the church through the mediator... Jesus Christ, uh, the needs of all people are not heard. Okay, so someone who is lost and has great needs, or let's even say, let's put it on a larger scale, a, a national leader, maybe not just in the United States, anywhere in the world. Um, if that person is not a believer in Jesus Christ, is not changed by his life-transforming power, that person um, can try to pray, but their prayers are not heard. Only God's people hold the right to approach God in prayer. So it is the church that intercedes on behalf of all people. And Paul's instructions here point to a God who hears and responds to his people in meeting the needs of the world. So praying for the specific needs of all people despite differences among all humans may seem to be a daunting task, but the principle involved is the unity of the church. Paul's desire for unity is evident. He says in 1 Timothy 2.8, I desire that in every place the men should pray lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling. The uh, seemingly divisive issues and people that are included in the broad scope of praying for all people are impossible to conquer, except that the church is unified in Jesus Christ. So union with Christ is the only way to live at peace with one another, without anger and without quarreling. Without Christ's unity, the differences of humankind supersede. So throughout the centuries, writers have defined salvation and the Christian life in terms of being united to Christ. Union with Christ means that you are in Christ and Christ is in you. And so the prayers of the church should be unified because individually and collectively, God's people are members of one body, namely the body of Christ. And he is actively working in each of his, his adopted people. So because Christ is the mediator between the Father and his people, unity is crucial. And in the text here, the Apostle Paul evokes a crucial understanding of Christ as the mediator in the new covenant. The prayers of the church are imperative in a broken world. And if it hasn't been obvious to you that we live in a broken world, you're hiding under a rock. 
Pay attention to what's going on. You don't even have to watch the news every night. It is blatantly obvious. And only through Christ does the Father reconcile all things to himself. Colossians 1.20 A fallen and sinful people are redeemed and found positionally righteous in Jesus Christ and through him are also being made actually righteous. And so for this reason, the church alone has standing before the Father in prayer. And the prayers of the church are for all people. And all members of the body of Christ are crucial. So God's people pray in unity through Jesus Christ who intercedes on behalf of his people for the needs of the world. And so uh, praying for all people is vital to Christian life. Why does God call us to pray for everyone when not everyone is on board with with us? <laughs> there, I mean, let's admit it. We are the minority. Well, certainly there are people that say they believe in God, but as far as people who are actually Christians and changed by Jesus Christ, I mean, Scripture's clear. The road is narrow. There, there are not many on this road. And so... We are the minority. Why are we called to pray for people, not just people who um, don't hold to our same beliefs or maybe who even disagree with us, but even people who hate us? Around the world, there are Christians who are persecuted, who are martyred. A friend of mine recently was martyred. He was a pastor in a country where there are people that hate Christians, and he was murdered for his faith. And so we, we see these instructions to pray for everyone. Think about Paul was saying this, and he eventually was beheaded. We are to pray for everyone. Why? Why can't someone else pray for Donald Trump or Barack Obama or whoever it may be? Why can't those people pray themselves? I don't know the heart of Barack Obama. I don't know the heart of George W. Bush. I don't know the heart of Donald Trump. Only they know that. That's between them and God. If they are not uh, Bible-believing Christians, they do not hold fast to the life-transforming power of Jesus Christ, then God does not hear their prayer. Again, not that he doesn't hear it audibly, but their prayers are not mediated or filtered through the righteousness of Jesus Christ, whereas Christians are. Let's uh, throw a hypothetical out there. Let's say we get a leader in the United States. Someone is elected evil leader okay now obviously we have not had someone on let's say the the um, rank or the the uh, same level as nero or somebody like that um god forbid we ever do but but we haven't had that but let's say we do let's say we get a nero type person they have influence they have power they change laws to where they can persecute christians and christians are persecuted we are to pray for that person. Why? Because that person may try to pray themselves or someone who is not a Christian might try to pray for that person and it will not, it will not, um, God does not hear it. He audibly hears it, but he will not respond because that person's prayers are not mediated through Jesus Christ. Only the church's prayers are mediated through Jesus Christ. And that is why it is crucial that we pray for everyone, that we pray for our brothers and our sisters. We pray for those who are lost, even in meeting their needs, even our enemies. 
who may persecute us, who may hate us, who may uh, talk badly about us. We are to pray for them and their needs and, and their success, their endeavors. We are to pray for them because if we don't, who will? And so Paul's instructions here are clear. Pray for everyone. And so uh, we live in a time where prayer is crucial. We live in a, if you've seen what's going on in our country right now, we need to be a people of prayer. It's vital. It is crucial. We are called as the church for such a time as this to be a people of prayer. And so I hope you will commit along with me to praying for our country, for our leaders, uh, even those you may not like. (laughs) And I'm in the same boat with you if you if you have those sentiments. And uh, I know I certainly do. There are, are politicians, there are leaders that I perhaps don't like, I don't agree with, but we are called to pray for them. So uh, let's be a people of prayer and pray for everyone. I hope this has been beneficial to you. Uh, hopefully this has been encouraging. Uh, we are called and and we have the sole right as Christians, as the church, to approach God in prayer. So uh, thank you for listening to the Act of Worship podcast. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. Do, 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 do.